Did the Lakers make a mistake putting together their roster this offseason? That's the discussion of tonight's show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Laker Hand Podcast. I, of course, am Laker Hand. I am joined by my favorite co-host. You guys know who else could it be? The one, the only Laker dad. Dad. Now, obviously, this free agency, the Lakers signed pretty much essentially an entire new roster, okay? Ton of new guys, a lot of, you know, future Hall of Famers, a lot of older veterans, but one of their biggest problems that I think they didn't really address was that small forward position. We're a very guard-heavy team, and as this roster is kind of shaped out, we're looking at possible lineups, possible situations, There's not a lot at that small forward position. Do you think this is a mistake that the Lakers made? Or do you think maybe they actually may be adding another player to help adjust this little problem that they have? Hannah, this is an interesting question. And I think Laker fans all knew going into last season something that apparently the front office didn't know, which is that the Lakers did not put the the right centers uh, on the roster last season. You know, it just didn't work out having lost both Dwight and JaVale from the season before. This year, I think Laker fans are concerned about the forward position. Uh, I think most notably the wing position behind LeBron James, but also I think the the power forward position behind Anthony Davis. The only other forwards we have on the team other than LeBron and AD are Carmelo Anthony, who's 37 years old, who I think, although he's been a small forward his whole career, I think they have him pegged in the power forward slot this year. And Trevor Ariza, who again, you know, has been a great 3 and D wing player his entire career, but he's 36 years old, Hannah. What's left in the tank? And aside from that, they don't have any other forwards on this team. Well, here's the thing. Now that, you know, we are about to sign DeAndre Jordan, technically we haven't quite signed him, but we're going to be signing DeAndre Jordan. Looks like Marcus Gasol is not going to be coming back on this team. If that's the case, that actually means that the Lakers have two more roster spots available. So I think we've said it, you know, multiple times. They're going to save one of those spots for midway through the season for that buyout market. But I think... They're going to use one more of their roster spots. And a name that has been thrown around, honestly, for a couple months, we, we mentioned him a few months ago, but James Ennis III. Uh, rumors are definitely heating up regarding him and the Lakers' interest. Now, Dad, he's a forward. Do you think this would be a good signing for the Lakers? Well, Laker fans have been talking about him all summer, Hannah, and it's a little puzzling because he's been available for months now. We haven't pulled the trigger to get him. Uh, but he may be the only thing that's left, to be honest with you. There's there's not a lot of, you know, a lot to choose from at this point. And, you know, Laker fans seem to like James Ennis III. He seems to have some of the qualities that we need. I don't know that he changes, he moves the needle all that much. But it seems like he's a, you know, a good possibility. But apparently, Hannah, there's some competition for him. The Lakers are not in the driver's seat necessarily to get him. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a good player. That's why it's kind of so shocking that he hasn't yet signed with a team, which kind of leads me to believe that maybe he is waiting to see if the Lakers are interested because obviously, you know, even though there is competition for him, I think he would want to come and play for the Lakers if they do offer him um, a contract of any sorts because, again, you know, to get the chance to play with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, compete for a championship, I think that's kind of why he's been waiting around. He hasn't signed another team because he's a really good player. And to be honest with you, I'm pretty surprised he hasn't signed with anyone. So I think that's just the only logical explanation. Well, Hannah, again, I think the the forward position is a little concerning going into the season. I mean, Carmelo Anthony and and uh, Trevor Ariza, I mean, they're the two oldest or two of the oldest guys on the team. And again, great, great, great veterans if this was five years ago, but it's not. 
you know, I, the Lakers are a very guard-heavy team, as you mentioned earlier, and they may have to, you know, draft Kent Bazemore and maybe even THT to play that small forward position. You know, we know Vogel likes to play the third guard, the three-guard set. So, I mean, maybe that's the direction you're going to go, but I'd feel much better if we had at least one more true forward on this team. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think we're definitely going to be a much smaller team, but like you mentioned, Vogel loves to run that that three-guard uh, you know, rotation, that three-guard lineup. So I personally would feel much better if we just had one more backup again. Like you said, you know, Trevor Reza, um, Carmelo Anthony, obviously our two oldest players, I want to say, you know, to back up LeBron James. So definitely would like to add one more player. I think James Ennis III would be a great possibility if that's the case. And I, I mean, I feel pretty strongly that honestly, he will be joining the Purple and Gold. I think that's really, like I said, the only logical explanation why he hasn't signed already with another team. I think he is really holding out, waiting to see what happens with the Lakers. But, you know, Dad, I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit here because there's obviously been so much talk about the starting five. Who's going to be in that starting lineup? And it really could go so many different ways. I think we're going to see so many different options that Vogel's going to to you know do just because, again, it's such a new team. There's going to be a learning curve. There's going to have to be some adjustments made once the season starts. But... You know, we can essentially all agree it's going to be LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. And then whether or not AD starts at the 5 or the 4, I think he's going to start at the 4, like we've said. So I think either Dwight or DeAndre Jordan will get that starting spot at the center. And then the shooting guard position, that's kind of the one that's up for grabs. Um, most likely, it's probably going to be a guy like like Wayne Ellington, I would assume. Um, potentially, maybe Kent Bazemore in there for defensive purposes. But... I'm curious to see, you know, with all this talk of the starting lineup, who do you think is going to be uh, finishing the games because as we all know it's great to start you always want to be in that starting lineup but at the end of the day I think it matters more who's finishing the games rather than who's starting them well Hannah this is a great observation and something we've talked about a lot the last few years yeah it's great to be a starter but what really you know tells the tale in the NBA is who's on the floor at the end of the game with the game on the line and there's again there's been a lot of discussion this offseason about who the starters were going to be I haven't really heard anybody talking about who's going to finish the games I'm going to say one thing for sure is I think Anthony Davis is going to be at the five to finish the games because both Dwight and DeAndre Jordan, assuming those are the two centers on the team, they're not good free throw shooters. And I don't think you can necessarily afford to have them in the game at the end. So I think uh, AD is going to be at the forward. I think LeBron's going to be at uh, one of the other forward positions with AD at center, excuse me. So the question is, who are the other three guys going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think we can definitely assume it's going to be LeBron, AD, obviously, and Russell Westbrook. I think AD at the five to finish games, I completely agree with you. I definitely think that's going to be the case um, because, obviously, for the free throws. But also, I just think the Lakers play their best basketball, in my opinion, when AD is at the five. That's the that's the lineup that we saw on um, the position he was playing back when we won the championship um, a couple of seasons ago. So I think he's definitely going to be finishing the games at the five. But you know, Dad, I think the the other two spots that are kind of up for grabs here, it's, it's really interesting. I think a lot of it's going to go to who's knocking down those three-point shots at the end of the day. So I'm thinking, I mean, right now, just kind of leaning towards my opinion, maybe Wayne Ellington, maybe Kendrick Nunn, um, maybe even Kent Bazemore again in there if he's hitting his shots, and especially for defensive purposes. But do you think, what do you think? Do you agree with me? Do you think there's any other names that maybe could be in competition for kind of finishing out these games? I partially agree with you, Hannah. I agree that three-point shooting at the end of the games is very important, but I also think at the end of the games is when you need to play defense. you got to get stops. I tentatively want to, I think it could be Trevor Ariza and Kent Bazemore. Both guys can shoot threes. 
Both guys can guard people. And again, at the end of the game, a lot of times you win or lose if you can get that crucial stop. I think those are two of the best defenders. I, I think one of the big question marks going into this season, Hannah, is what does Trevor Ariza have left? If he's the Trevor Ariza that we know and have seen over the course of his career, if he can still play at that level, you know, he, he's an ideal guy to be in the game at the end of the game because he can play defense and he can play offense. And I think Kent Bazemore kind of fits that same mold too. So, you know, it's tough. And I think training camp's going to determine a lot. Depends on who, you know, gets in there and really shines and takes off. Remember a couple of years ago, Avery Bradley kind of shocked everybody by, you know, seizing that uh, starting position and, and uh, you know, played very big minutes. Who's it going to be this year? I don't know, but... You know, uh, what do you think? You know, I actually like Trevor Ariza and that that lineup to finish the games. I'm I'm happy that you mentioned that because I completely forgot about him for a second. But you're right. You know, if he is the Trevor Ariza that he's really been throughout his career, he's the perfect guy to have in there. He's a great three and D player, great wing defender, great three point shooter, and and you know Kent Bazemore as well. He's going to be one of our top guys defensively. So if he's able to knock down those threes, I think that's definitely a very realistic lineup of you know seeing LeBron, Russ, Trevor Ariza in there. Um, Kent Bazemore and then AD at the five. I mean, I like that that finishing lineup. I, I agree with you. But, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in training camp because obviously anything can really happen. Anyone can shock, you know, this team. And it's, they're obviously going to have to fight for minutes, especially at that guard position because we are such a guard-heavy team. It's going to be a cutthroat battle to try to get some minutes here. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to start at training camp. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Hannah, and I think it's going to come down to who's making their three-point shots when training camp starts. You know, who's going to really get off to that fast start, and who's playing defense? You know, the Lakers have a lot of guys who are not known for playing defense, especially the young guys on the team, you know, Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. I'm kind of curious, but it's really going to come down to them. They're going to have to play defense like they've never played defense before. If you don't play defense, you're not going to be on the court at the end of the game, and you may even struggle for minutes during the year. So, you know, somebody's going to get off to a fast start. Somebody's going to surprise us, Hannah, like Avery Bradley did a couple of years ago. It, you know, I don't know who it's going to be this year, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited for, for training camp to start. You know, ever since it hit September, I'm feeling the NBA is so close to the return, only about three weeks until training camp. Only I saw about 25 days until their, their first preseason game. So that's just going to fly by. So luckily, Laker fam, we're not going to have to wait for uh, too much longer to start getting some more basketball back in our lives because I know you guys are just like me and you are really missing it. I'm pretty bored lately, not going to lie. I miss watching uh, our Los Angeles Lakers play, and I think the season's going to be extremely exciting and one of the biggest most exciting things to look for and to watch especially in the beginning of the season is you know what the rotations what the lineups are going to be because again we have such a deep talented team really could go so many ways but you know what I think that's going to be it for today's show let me know you can tweet me my twitter is at hannah underscore kulik and my instagram is at hannah rose kulik message me tweet me let me know a what you think about james ennis the third if you think he would be a good fit with this lakers team or if you think you know we don't need another forward we're good and of course let me know who you would like to see in the finishing five who you want to see end the laker games this season thank you all so much for listening until next time laker hand and laker dad are out bye everyone